Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamps, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 201 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm back from... New Jersey, it was fantastic doing last week's show, it was a great one, but that is now a thing of the past, I'm back from the US, but I'm joined by a man that has been away for a long, long time, Mr. Ayaz Sumra, Ayaz, welcome back, how are you and where have you been? Welcome back, yes, I've been about, I've literally just come back from a long flight from New York last night as well, so it's been a really tiring summer, so yes, back on the show already. Because you wasn't you wasn't in America because I know that you you must have been in America for a, a little period of time because again we had we had sightings eyes that you were in Eastern Europe I've heard a sighting in Asia where were you before that Yes, I was in Pakistan. You was in Pakistan the whole time. Yeah, for two weeks and then two two and a half weeks and then came back went straight to New York. Hmm. Okay. No, that's that's okay. Because you were hard to contact, Mister Silmar. I didn't know where you were at, at certain times. Yes, in Pakistan, the signals, but internet is very, very bad there. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've, 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 I've heard that one before. All right, let's start though with a review part of the show. Let's start at the Memorial Hall in Kansas City, USA. Shane Mosley Jr., obviously the son of, he's now uh, he's now fifteen and three. It was a unanimous decision over ten rounds against Calvin Metcalf, who's now nine and three with one draw. Uh, there wasn't too much really to mention from last weekend, but also at the Hospudka, uh, the Hospudka Eden in Usti nad Labem in Czechoslovakia. Well, I, th- I think they don't even call that. Czechoslovakia anymore. I think they call it Czech Republic. We're going to go with that. Tom Schwartz, he bounced back from the, the KO loss to Tyson Fury. He come back with a knockout of his own in the very first round against Radak, um, Radak Varak, who's now 6-8, and eight, but Tom Schwartz 25-1, and one, like I say, a first round TKO. Uh, moving out now to the Friedrich Ebert Hall in Ludwig Schaefer, Germany. Vinny Feigenbert's now 31-2. and two. It was for the vacant IBO International Super Middleweight title and the GBU World Super Middleweight title. He took on the previously undefeated Cesar Nunes, now 16-1 and one with one draw, a TKO there in the eighth round for Vinny Feigenbert's. Uh, moving out now to the Bank of California Stadium in Los Angeles, California, USA. This one was shown on the ESPN Plus app. Uh, let's start with the undercard, actually. Um, we're going to start here with Arnold Barboza Jr. He picked up a win. He's now 22-0. and um, He took on Ricky Sismundo, a tough guy. He's been around quite a while, Sismundo. Now 35-15 and with three draws. Sismundo was down in the third round, and he decided to quit on his store after four rounds. He didn't want to come out for round five, so a stoppage win there for Barboza Jr. Uh, also on the bill. Jesse Magdaleno picked up win number 27. He's still got that one loss, which was to Isaac Dogbay. He ended up being a technical decision after nine rounds. It was only scheduled to go 10, but they couldn't carry on after Magdaleno 
I think he was already cut on his nose early on in the fight, but his his right eye got cut from an accidental elbow, I believe it was, um, in that ninth round. And also Rivera himself was down in that ninth round. So Rafael Rivera, I believe a former opponent of Leo Santa Cruz, that's his fourth loss. He's now 27-4 and four with two draws. It went to the cards after nine, and Magdaleno got it. It was pretty wide there, um, almost a shutout, really. Uh, also on the bill... We should mention Chris Van Heerden, a guy, like I say, that's been through a lot of very bad stuff outside of the ring. His dad got murdered um, a few months back. He took on Aslanbek Kozaev. It was it was a guy with a great record, but he you know he wasn't a fantastic fighter. Thirty three and three with one draw now. Um, Kozaev was was cut on the bridge of his nose in round three. His left eye was cut in round five, and Van Heerden was actually cut on his left eye in the first round, and he was cut on his right eye in the fifth round. But both of those cuts came from accidental head clashes. So. Both men, you know, both men got cuts and it, it was quite bloody. An eight-round unanimous decision there, though, to Mr. Van Heerden, like I say. Emmanuel Navarrete, the, the dog-based slayer, I call him now, 28-1. and one. He took on Francisco de Vaca. 20-0 um, de Vaca was. It, was. it was an undefeated fighter, but a guy with quite a padded record, to be honest. De Vaca was stopped um, on his feet, really. The referee jumped in. He was on the ropes, a bit defenseless in, in round three there. So a successful defense of Navarrete's WBO World Super Bantamweight title. And that is about everything from the review part of the show. Like I said, it wasn't too much to go over from last weekend. That is everything there. It's now time to welcome our very first guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the top super middleweight contender. It is, of course, Mr. Dennis Duglin. Dennis, welcome back on the show, my man. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, man. It's always a pleasure, Dennis. It truly is. Uh, we haven't spoke for quite a while. I think it's been about a year. We actually last spoke just before the Vaughn Alexander fight. Of course, you went on to win that one pretty much by a shutout uh, over 10 rounds. And, of course, since then, you've boxed Saul Roman. You stopped him in six rounds. Just give us a word on those fights, if you can, Dennis. Um, yeah, I mean, I went into it. I went into those two fights with, and the same fight thing I'm doing now. I'm going into fights with Tim and Charlie. Uh, winner retired, man. I'm tired of I was playing around with boxing, not taking it serious, partying, drinking, wasn't really training. So I gave all that up, and I told myself I'm going to sacrifice everything for every fight right now, and if I lose, then I know I'm not good. But before, I was losing. I'm like, ah, I didn't really train for that, so that don't really count. So I'm giving myself all I can for every fight, and I'm going, and it's, it's, it's looking good. Like everybody, I was the underdog against Von Alexander, and that fight was easy. And then um, for Saul, I thought it was going to be a good fight, and I beat him up. And now everyone's saying, I think, I mean, clearly I'm not in the dog for this fight, but we're going to see what happens September 21st. We certainly will. And I want to ask you, what's your training situation? Because obviously your mum's involved. She always has been. I know you were working with the Benavidez camp for a while. Is Has anything changed? Update me. Yeah, well, Benavidez right now is in California or he's somewhere else getting ready for the row. So we're not together for this camp, but it's still um, still all up for Benavidez. Um, I might go out there and get some work around a little bit for a week or two. But we're not together right now. He's working on he's focused on a David fight, which I mean, like I said, I completely understand. 
So we're separated right now, but that's still the homie. Although I still want to fight him again too after this fight. So we homies, but not mean like I still want that rematch. Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, I mentioned those two fights that you've had. They were both last year, but I've got to bring this up. You made headlines this year in the early part, the early part of 2019, of course, for being part of Chris Eubanks' camp. And then when you went back to the UK, you said, "Hey, I think James DeGale's going to win the fight." Um, I don't know if you were just messing around because I know that you like to play games sometimes, Dennis. But it, it went, it went all Chris Eubanks' way. Were you shocked by that? By, by the by the fight, the way it panned out. Nah, I, I wasn't shocked. If you look at the interview, what I said was, if it's the, if it's the James DeGale that fought, um, like three fights ago, I forgot what fight it was. Caleb Truex the first fight, fight No, not the Caleb Truex. I, I said, if, if, if the James DeGale that fought Caleb Truex, there's no way he beats, he beats him. There's no way James DeGale wins. But if it's the Caleb, if it's the, if it's the, um, the girl that fought Badu Jack, we'll have a good fight. It's going to be a good fight, and I think the girl's going to win. But we got the older Truex, the girl and he was no match for Chris. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I was talking fun. I mean, like, me and Chris are still cool. I was like, he actually just hit me up to come out there to help him for some fight, but I have a home fight going on. But um, me and Chris still cool. But yeah, I, call, I, t- I, I told him it's this big. I said, I'm going to talk reckless about you because I want to fight you myself. And that's, you talked your way into the girl fight. So I'm going to talk my way into playing you. Like, you a champion now. So, like, yeah, you're one of my targets too. So people seem to misconstrue, like the, the boxing fans seem to think that if I'm in your camp, that means we're friends. Me and Chris aren't friends. We're like, we're, we're, we're cool. Don't get me wrong. I have nothing more respect for him, his dad, everything. I have nothing more respect for him. But we're, we're rivals. We're in the same way. So if I get the opportunity to fight you, I'm going to fight you. So I did that more so to get my name around his name and people wanted us to fight. Like, that's what that really was about. Which didn't happen, but I still, I still want to fight him too. After this fight, this fight's gonna open up a lot of doors for me. So he's one of the names on my list next. I just don't want you to get off the phone and start telling people you want to knock me out next. I thought we were friends as well. <laughs> nah, let's see. Me and you are cool. I'm saying like, as I tell people, like I'm trying to. I mean, I I look at boxing totally different yeah, than a lot of boxers look at it. They look at it as like if we're in the same weight class, we have to hate each other and all that. No, like. I actually like a lot of the guys in my class, like Caleb Plant. Me and Caleb train in the same gym. I see him every day, all the time. Um, Benavides, we actually fought. He beat me. We trained together after that. I'm saying, like, I have no problem with these guys, but if we're in the same weight class, I still want to fight you. That's all it is. Like, that's, that's what we're here for. Like, Dwayne Wade and LeBron James are best friends, but when they play each other, they play each other. That's it. So that's how I look at it. Like, yeah, I get the boxing lifestyle, but it's a sport. I feel like people get caught up in... It's a lifestyle. Yeah, it's a lifestyle of how you train and all that. But we could be cool. Like, all the extra fighting, like, we could be cool. I have no problem with any of I still want to fight you. And then after I beat you up, I'll take you out to eat or whatever. <laughs> I remember that Tevin Farmer did that recently when he defended his title against uh, John O'Carroll. He took him for a Philly cheesesteak after the fight. Exactly. That's cool, man. Like, that's cool. Like, there's no real... We have no beef with you. Like, we're all trying to be champions. We're all trying to feed our kids. But... I got to go through you in the ring. That doesn't mean I dislike you as a person at all. Like like I said, like I like Caleb Plant a lot, actually. But after this fight, I already told him in the job that after this fight, when I beat Uskadagi, your name is going to be all over my Instagram, all over my Twitter. In every interview I do, I want to fight you. I want you next. But you're super cool, though, bro. <laughs> but but now, anyways, back on to your career, your career, Dennis. Obviously, your next fight, we we touched on it there. It's been announced. It's going to be Jose Uzcatagai on September 21st in California. What do you know about Jose, Dennis? I, I don't know much about outside of the fight that I saw. He's a very busy fighter. He's long. 
he's a good fighter. Like, I think very highly of him. I think he's a great fighter. I think it's a great fight for my career. And it's going to be a great fight either way. I think um, he knows how tough I am as an opponent. But even if people don't know that, he knows. So I think it's going to be like a, I think it's going to be a great action pack fight. But like I said before, like, it's when I retire for me, I'm not losing. So it's going to be good, but I'm going to get my hand raised. Yeah, because, I mean, he looked like a real danger man for a while. Obviously, he became the first man to, to beat and stop Julius Jackson. Then he went on to bully Andre Durrell in both of their fights. And then, of course, James Tegel, people forget, he vacated the belt instead of fighting um, Uzkatagai. And then, of course, um, Uzkatagai went on to lose to Caleb Plant. And it's hard to know where he's at now because Plant himself was sublime that night, to give him some credit. It's hard to know where Uzkatagai's at after that defeat there. Yeah, I agree. Like, and that's what makes this fight so interesting because he's an avoided fighter. Again, people don't know people outside of boxing. You know I me, mean? but as far as boxers, I'm like a, I'm an avoided fighter too, mainly because like my record doesn't really give my talent the kind of like the attention it deserves. But these fighters know how good I am, so like nobody really wants to fight me because I'm a dangerous fight with not that much upside. So I'm avoided. He's avoided. I think it's a great fight. And um, people don't know where he is. People don't know who I am. So it's a good coming out fight for both of us, in a sense. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Now, I feel like, you know, you were right in that Anthony Durrell fight, obviously, till the fight got stopped. And then you went on to box Alexander, like we mentioned, then Roman. And like I say, you won both of those fights. Now you're taking on Uzkatagai. But I also think that you'd probably rather have a crack at some of the bigger names in the division. Um, have you got anyone in your sights at all? I know you touch on Plant there. Is, is that the, the guy that you really want? Want to fight the most out of the rest of them? The person I'm gonna fight the most is Benavidez because I want my rematch. Like I said, when I fought Benavidez, um, I took it in four weeks notice, and I was living and I was partying, drinking, and he's the kind of fighter. Much respect to David. He's a true professional. Always in the gym, always training. You can't fight a guy like that with four weeks notice. Being a full camp, gotta you gotta respect that man's talent. So um, I, I I'm mad at myself for not respecting his talent enough and taking that fight with four weeks notice. And um, I still, th- I honestly still think I gave him one of his toughest fights. Like, even though he got dropped in um that fight with the other guy, I forgot his name, the one that he fought twice. Gavril. I still think my fight was tougher. Yeah, Gavril. And I still think my fight was tougher. And like I said, I wasn't all the way mean. Then after that, we went to camp together and we sparred countless rounds. Anybody in the gym would tell you, like, wow, like, you could pay for our sparring session. So, like I said, I have nothing but respect for David, but he's a fight that I definitely want. And me and him talk about, like I said, me and him are really friendly. We t- every time we see each other, I tell him on our rematch. He tells me to win some fights first. I tell him, okay, so I got to win this fight. I want to take Caleb's belt, and then I want the rematch for him. Yeah, because I just got back myself from New Jersey, and I was walking around, a f- or walking around, driving around a few different uh, boxing gyms, and I actually spoke to a guy who, funny enough, I was talking about David Benavidez and how much I rate him, and the guy actually in the gym said to me, yeah, but Dennis Duglin was beating him until he got stopped in that final round, so it's weird that we're talking, because that's what the guy actually said, so, you know, uh, yeah, a lot of people agree you gave him a real tough fight there. Yeah, I... I, t- I told him, I told him, I told him, listen, bro, if I didn't get tired, bro, I was beating you, but yeah, I got tired, I, I was really tired for the third round, and it was just all me pushing, but I know with a little bit more conditioning and being an actual professional like he is, then taking the sport serious like you have to do, you can't, like everybody says, you can't play boxing, I always make jokes that I play boxing, but I, you can't play boxing, and um, yeah, if I, if I take it serious, which I'm doing now, I personally don't think Benavides could beat me. But he's a monster. Yeah. He he looks super scary. His last fight against Leon, he looked ridiculously scary. Against Darrell, I see him running through Darrell. So I'm excited. I want to fight the boogeyman. 
Yeah, no, I know that's the way you like it. Um, I want to get your your take on a couple of upcoming fights. Obviously, this weekend, um, the weight class above you. If you don't know enough about either fighter, then it's totally fine. You don't need to answer. But if you do want to give a prediction, how do you see Kovalev against our very own Anthony Yard panning out, Dennis? I personally think I haven't seen enough of Yardy to really serrate him that high. I know they offered me him before. They told me to move up. They'll give me the fight. And I, I want to take it, honestly. Um, my mother wouldn't allow me to take it. But um, so I haven't seen him enough to really rate him. So this fight is going to be the fight that I would really use as a gauge. I think very highly of Kovalev. Like, I'm saying, like, the man, one of my favorite fighters is Andre Ward. And I would say that the first fight with Andre Ward could arguably go both either way. So to, to go that great with Andre Ward, then the lady fell off a little bit, but he's since got himself back together. I rate Kovalev very highly, so I'm going with Kovalev with a fight. If he already wins, I think that will learn a lot about him in this fight. Either way, win or lose, we'll learn a lot about him. Yeah, I agree. Again, 100% bang on with that one. Uh, I also want to get your prediction on this. Obviously, we mentioned it a little bit earlier. You've boxed them both, so who better to give a prediction? It's happening a week after your fight. Anthony Durrell versus David Benavidez. You kind of said, um, you kind of answered it already, really. Runs for him. That's just the way yeah, you see it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. A hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent Benavidez, man. Like, um, I, I personally don't think Darrell beat me. He took a he took a corny way out. He complained about a headbutt that didn't happen. You can watch the fight over and over. He never got headbutted. He felt it, the fight slipping away. He knew he was home. Said they got a headbutt and they called the fight. So I lost. I, lost, I don't really have it. Like I told you, I'm cool with anybody in my weight class. He's the one fighter I don't really like because one, he pushed me at the way in which we're fighters that fight in the ring. Don't touch me outside of the ring because. That's just that's corny to me. So I don't really like him for that in the first place. And then like on top of that, I think he saw in his last fight, he kinda did the same thing with that. But granted that was a real headbutt this time. But he kinda did the same thing. He's just soft and Benavidez is the wrong kind of fighter to be soft with. That's a rugged rugged dude, man. He's gonna come bring it and I think he's gonna break him. So I'm going with Benavidez. That's actually why I wanted to be on that undercard because I'm like I'm the only active well, only fighter period that's fought both of them. So I would love to be on that undercard fight. I want to fight Yojum on the undercard. I don't know Yojum who just fought Benavidez. I mean Durrell. So I want to fight Yojum, beat Yojum, get on one of my rematch. But we'll see what happens. Though so boxing is super exciting right now in all the weight classes. I'm just excited to get my name in the mix, beating um Uzkadagi, puts my name right up there in the mix. Yeah, it certainly does. And we've mentioned a couple of the champions at 168. It is such a brilliant weight class. I was saying it, I think, a week or two ago that I can't think of another weight class where all the champions are undefeated, Dennis. I mean, you've got... As I say, Caleb Plant, Benavidez, Callum Smith, Billy Joe Saunders with a WBO now. Who do you think is the best fighter out of those four? How would you place them one through four if you can? Um, man, you know what's so crazy about the weight class too on top of everybody being undefeated is they all bring something totally different to the table. That's what makes it so hard to rate them because you have Benavidez who's a busy, bigger guy with decent boxing skills, but he's really big, which plays to his advantage. He's fast hands for his size. And he's in great shape. You have Caleb Plant, who's or the boxer, his IQ, his boxing IQ is top notch. He's smart in the ring, makes good movements. I also think Billy Joe is the same way. Another smart fighter who might who might be a little stronger. So the, the weight class is all over the place. Did you say one? Did you say one more? Was it four? Callum Smith. Oh, Callum Smith. Callum Smith's another one that's huge. I'm saying like I don't really think he's that great of a boxer. But I think he's heavy-handed. The big guy. So I think um the weight class is stacked right now. So um I would put. I would personally put David at the top only because Cullum, I'm not Cullum, um Billy Joe's just moving up. So I want to see how he plays out at once a day, see how the weight carries up with him. But I think Billy Joe is great. But I'll put David up top. 
then Billy Joe, then Caleb. That's how I see it. Okay, the top three. Okay, okay. Controversial, but okay. <laughs> and is that kind of, so who, who is everyone saying? I that think, Billy Joe? well, in my opinion, in my opinion, the top two are definitely Benavidez and Callum Smith. I don't know which one. I mean, Callum Smith, man, the way he dismantled Groves. I mean, he's so heavy-handed. He's six foot three. You know what? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't. I didn't watch Ooh, the fight, okay. and that's why I didn't want to wait. Callum, I didn't watch the. I heard that. I heard that. And from the little clips I've seen of him, I've seen him destroy people. So I know he's highly ranked and I'm highly rated, and I know he's huge. So. That wasn't me trying to respect no. him. I don't know enough about him to just to give my opinion. That's all no, I want. That's fine. But again, listen, people will 100% agree with what you've said because they're, they're two or two. They're, they're four fantastic fighters, as I say, all undefeated, all world champions. And uh, they've all, they all bring a different thing to the table. So it depends what you like. Do you know what I mean? To rate them. So people, exactly. people will agree 100% with what you said. And probably a few people will agree with what I've said as well. But then and then, you know, another thing, too, another thing, I'm sorry, just to go back to that. Another thing, too, about with Styles is so different. And anybody that watches boxing knows Styles make fights. You could have one of them that could beat the other one, but then lose to another one. It's kind of like a rock, paper, thing. Like, I could see, I could see Billy David being able to beat Caleb. But not being able to beat Colin Smith, but Colin Smith losing the kid. Like, I can see that happening possibly, where one fighter could beat one, but can't beat the other one, but that other fighter can beat somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, because of the styles are so different. Exactly, yeah. It's a sexy division right now. So, really so, so, yeah, so it's really exciting division. So I'm just trying to sneak my way inside that talk. <laughs> Absolutely. Beat one of the, take, take, one of these, take one of these O's away from one of these fighters. <laughs> And finally, Dennis, man, as always, I like to just throw it over to you to, 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 you know, to kind of take the microphone, have your little say just before we let you go. If you've got any closing words for our listeners at all, take it away. I mean, I just want to say thank you, man. You always stayed, you always stayed in contact with me, always kept up with my career. I appreciate it. Um, I'm back in the ring September 21st. I'm super excited. Like I said, for the last three fights, and the same rule applies, it's when I retire from me every time. So if I lose... I'm out of here, so check me out. I know people think I talk a lot, which is fine. Come watch me win or lose, and if I lose, I'm done. There we go. <laughs> okay, Dennis. <laughs> Listen, it is always a pleasure. It is always exciting speaking with you, my friend. Best of luck for next month, and we'll definitely speak afterwards. Thanks, good. Sounds good. Thanks again, man. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the news part of the show. Eyes, what you got? Right, the only news for this week is that uh, Scott uh, Scott Fitzgerald will face uh, Ted Cheeseman on the undercard of Robbie Davis Jr. vs. Lewis Ritson on October the 19th at Newcastle Utility Arena. Yeah, um, you know, a, a great fight. I know that we've been talking about these these three, I'd say, for a little while. And, and, and the three that I'm referring to is Ted Cheeseman, Anthony Fowler and Scott Fitzgerald. Obviously, Fowler and Fitzgerald thought it was a cracking fight and... Um, and Fitzgerald came out the victor there. And, you know, obviously Ted Cheeseman lost to Sergio Garcia. It was the Spaniard from um, uh, f- from Spain <laughs> for the for the European title. But it's a shame, really, because I would have preferred to see the two losers fight each other. Like, you know, Fowler and Cheeseman to, to kind of see who, you know, who wins that one. And then they fight Scott Fitzgerald. That's what I would have preferred to see, but I'm not moaning. I'm certainly not moaning. Fowler just fought the other week. Ted Cheeseman um, against Fitzgerald is, is a brilliant, brilliant fight. And yeah, it's, it's just it's a cracking fight. Like I say, it's for Cheeseman's British title there. So 
Um, should be really, really, really interesting. Really, really interesting. Because Ted Cheeseman can't just mill forward and, you know, walk into shots and use his face as his defence and walk into shots from Scott Fitzgerald all night. And, and at the same time, Scott Fitzgerald can't, you know, afford to tire or, or anything down the stretch. Not that he really did against Fowler, but, you know, Ted Cheeseman is such a pressure fighter. He's going to be in your face the whole night. So, if you, if you you know if you if you lack a bit of stamina it can go horribly wrong late on so should be a great fight when you actually sit down and think about it i'm looking forward to that one is that the only piece of news i yeah yes that's it for the news okay thank you very much i has moving now to the preview part of the show this one's actually happening later today thursday the 22nd of august um at the fantasy springs casino in indio california usa friend of the show blair cobbs 11 and 0 with one draw he takes on a guy with a complete complete identical record 11 and 0 with one draw steve villalobos so um, both men prospects there, but all the best to Blair Cobbs. Very, very good fighter. Also on that bill, by the way, Luis Feliciano, 12-0, um, a prospect, takes on Gennaro Gamez, who's 9-0. So two prospects once again getting it on. That is a Golden Boy promotion show. So two good fights there to look forward to tonight mainly. Uh, moving over now to Saturday, this Saturday at the Ace Club in Victory Square in Cairo, Egypt. We've got Prince Patel bouncing back on. After his IBO world title fight loss, his record 19-1 and with one draw. He fights for the vacant African Boxing Union bantamweight title against Idi Kayumba, who is 11-1 and with two draws. So Patel back in a, in a title fight already, a 12-rounder there. Moving out now to Mexico. This one is the Matra Mexico show. We get to see Juan Francisco Estrada, 39-3 and fight. Uh, Dwayne Boumon, who has a record of 16-1 and with one draw. It is, of course, the defense of Estrada's WBC. I mean, Estrada, after his last fight, obviously, when he took on uh, when he took on Wangek, it was, uh, I think it was the second fight. I'm not sure if they've had three or, or two or whatever, but it was a brilliant fight, by the way. And this one is very much, I don't really want to say an easy touch as, as such, but, you know, it's a step down, really, from, from that kind of fight. I think it's a bit of a homecoming as well, like I say, the fight happening in Mexico. And he takes on, uh, as I say, Dwayne Beamon. I love his nickname. His nickname is Mr. Stop Running, okay? So he likes to he likes to get it on. He likes to bang. And um, he's only got the one loss, like I say, and he actually avenged it. He come back with, with a win against the guy. So not a bad fighter, um, but you look down his resume and... I mean, again, he hasn't really fought at this level, so this is his, you know, his big, big, big chance here, and, um, you know, you'd have to, of course, favour the champion, Estrada, a fantastic fighter. Also on that undercard, we get to see Liam Smith, 27-2 with one draw, and he actually takes on um, Mario Lozano, who's got a record of 33-9, and when you look down his record... He's got losses to Jamel Charlo, Venez Martirosian, Charles Hatley, and a very questionable loss, actually, to Alejandro Gomez, who was only 0-2 and when he fought him, and he actually knocked this guy out. So, like I say, looking down his resume, he's fought some good guys, but he hasn't beaten really any great guys. Um, you know, some of his wins are against guys with good-looking records, but nothing... Um, you know, or no one really to blow you away. He does actually hold a win against Canelo's brother Ramon Alvarez on points uh, back in uh, back in 2012. But other than that, 
nothing really that catches your eye, so you'd expect Liam Smith to, to win that one. Uh, also on that bill, John O'Carroll, friend of the show, 16-1 and one with one draw. He takes on Eliazar Valenzuela, who's 20-11 and 11 with four draws. Again, looking down his resume, I mean, he's the guy that took on Jose Zapida, and it went down as a no contest earlier this year. I think it was in, in uh, April or May. Um, again, a bunch of losses on his record to guys that, I don't really know. I mean, one of them was to Emmanuel Navarrete that we mentioned earlier on. Um, he also lost to Zhu Shimin early on. A guy that really fights anyone. So I've got a bit of, you know, a bit of respect there. Well, I've got respect for every fighter, but I've got a bit of added respect for Valenzuela here. But, um, you know, again, he shouldn't really be able to match John O'Carroll, obviously. Um, you know, he was able to, to push Tevin Farmer fairly close in that fight there. Uh, also on the bill, Philip Hergovic, the bronze medalist from the 2016 Olympic Games. He fights uh, with his WBC international heavyweight title on the line against Mario Heredia, 16-6 and six with one draw. Again, you look down Heredia's record... Doesn't really have the, you know, the wins or the names even in his losses. So, this is a bit of a showcase bill, I think, really. And the Mexican fight fans obviously like to see, you know, uh, probably I'm guessing knockouts and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think they're going to be in for a bit of a treat if they do like that. And finally, um, Shakram Giasov, a guy that won a silver medal. Uh, in the 2016 Olympic Games, he actually lost to Daniel Yelusinov in the final. Um, but yeah, very, very good. Very, very good amateur. He was um, over 150 wins as an amateur, an Uzbek fighter. And he actually takes on Dalis Perez, a guy that we know really well. And I really like what they're doing with GSOV in terms of his matchmaking. He's coming off a win over Emmanuel Taylor. He's been in there with a few decent guys that I've you know, heard of, the likes of Gabor Gorbik, stuff like that. I mean, he's, he's won all of these fights, and you know, most of them by knockout. But yeah, Dalis Perez, a guy that we know really well as well. You know, it's a tough fight, really, even for a good amateur to take on someone like him in your ninth fight. I quite like that matchmaking there. That, for me, is the standout fight of that card anyway. Uh, but moving over now to Russia at the Tractor Sports Palace in Chelyabinskaya's. Let's start with the undercard. We get to see Andrei Sorokin, former opponent of John Ryder. That's where his one loss came from. Um, I think that one was at the Copper Box. John Ryder was losing that fight until he knocked him out, by the way. Sorokin, a decent fighter. It's for the WBC Silver Super Middleweight title. He takes on Azizbek Abdugofarov, 12-0. A good amateur, Abdugofarov. Probably saying his name wrong there, but that's should be quite interesting but this is the fight that I really like on this bill by the way aside from obviously the main event which we're going to talk about in a sec but there's a guy here called Alexi Papin 11-0 with 10 knockouts a Russian fighter um, a decent kickboxer if I'm not mistaken I think he was he was like a world champion kickboxer or something like that he turned over to boxing he's only he's only age 31 but he takes on Ilunga Makabu obviously a guy that we know really well from the Bellu fight and a few other fights he's coming off a brilliant knockout win against Kudryashov so I'm probably tipping Makabu to get the knockout there but that should be a great fight at cruiserweight that one's for the WBC silver cruiserweight title um 12 rounds there, but I'm not expecting it to go the distance. Both men can really bang. And talking of another two men that can really bang, the main event for the WBO World Light Heavyweight title, Sergei Kovalev, the champion, defends the belt and his record of 33-3 and with one draw against our very own Anthony Yard. 18-0 and with 17 KOs. I, has. I don't think it goes the distance, in my opinion, but I'm going to throw it over to you now. The fight itself, give me your thoughts on it. Well, I think this is going to be a very tough fight for Yard. Obviously, this is a huge step up 
for me, I think Kovalev's on the decline. However, obviously, Yard hasn't really had that big like middle step up yet. He's going straight into a huge fight. But for me, I think Kovalev's in the decline since the fight. Uh, since his since his two loss uh, since his two losses to Andre Ward and is it Eldi Alvarez he's lost to? Yeah, Leader Alvarez. He obviously avenged it after, but yeah, Leader Alvarez. But I think if I'm uh, for me, I think the the young the younger the fresher line is going to be Anthony Yard, and I think Anthony Yard's going to win. I think Anthony Yard's going to stop him. I think like I said, Kov lives on the decline. I'm going to go with the un- undercut uh, the the underdog, which is uh, Anthony Yard. I, I think with him, his strength, his power, his speed is very very good. Obviously, with a masterclass like someone like Tundi Ajayi. In his corner, it's gonna be very. Isn't for him. It's gonna be very, very, very good. It gives him the upper hand. Obviously, like I said, Kovalev. Um, he's he's getting old as well. He's getting a bit slower. So it's it's a very tough fight. He obviously is going in back into Kovalev's yard. Obviously, with uh, with Kovalev, with having his fans around him. But like I said, if I'm gonna go with a win, I'm gonna go with the Britain. I'm gonna go with my man uh, Anthony Yard to stop him. Yeah, very, very tough fight, as you say, Ayaz. And we actually had Tunde Ajay on the on the show a few weeks ago, and I asked him, why, when this fight got offered before, did you turn it down? And what has changed for you to now accept it when it's come around? And he didn't really give me a clear answer on that. So I'm intrigued because, you know, um, I'm guessing it's something that's happened in the gym because Anthony Yard still looks the same fighter that he did when the fight got offered the first time around. He's still been knocking everyone out. He's still been doing it in impressive fashion. But... um. They've they fancied it this time, and I was intrigued as to why it wasn't really answered. But um, you know, there's 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 not many fights that have been happening lately that I've been just absolutely super duper excited for. I mean, the ones that I can think about off the top of my head that's happened recently have probably been obviously Fury Wilder, but that's going back a bit now. Um, you know, a few a few friends of mine when they fought like. Uh, you know Charlie Edwards when he fought for the world title on on uh, on the Dillian White and Chisora undercard. There's been a few fights what have what have really got me excited, and this one here is one of those fights. Um, Anthony Yard, we get to finally see how good he is. We get to see if Tunde is just completely crazy, and we've we're all the ones that are that are, that are crazy for for not believing. But um, I believe in Anthony Yard. I think he's an exceptional fighter. I also think he's got a much better gas tank than he gets credit for. I think his power is real, and um, it's, it's it's the ultimate step up, as you say, as he hasn't really had that kind of middle step up. I like the word that you use there because that's that's a hundred percent right. Um, this is it, though. You know, this is it. He's in there with arguably the best fighter in the world at one seven five. And what does worry me is Anthony Yard has only had those eleven amateur fights. He's had eighteen in the pros. He's only had twenty nine fights in his entire life in terms of actual boxing fights. And that just worries me. That just makes me think, wow, is he ready for Kovalev? You know, Kovalev is a whole, whole, whole another level. He's a complete different kettle of fish. And that does worry me slightly. But again, I think Anthony's got the power to knock him out. I don't think it goes to the distance at all because both men once again are real bangers so again this this main event and the chief support I think end within the distance 100% and I just think that if Anthony Yard is as good as as you know he thinks he is and as as some of us think he is then he he could pull it off but I just can't go with him being the favorite I don't think I just don't. I just can't see him doing it as much as I'd love to see him do it. Because again, he's a friend of mine, Anthony. And there's no, there's no fight in in the near future that I would love a fighter to win than this one. I'm really excited for it. And believe me, believe me, I'll be crossing everything. I'll be praying before the fu- before the first bell goes. I'd love to see Anthony win. He he really, 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 really is such a good guy. And um, 
a lot of people don't really know the real Anthony Yard, and I think if he wins this, we'll all get to see it. Uh, but yeah, the promotion hasn't been overly great either, you know? It's like one of Frank Warren's biggest charges here, you know? He's got Anthony Yard, he's got Daniel DeBoer, he's got Josh Warrington, he's just lost Billy Joe Saunders. So they are his three top main guys. Anthony Yard, he's got the looks, he's got the power, he's got the personality, you know, the, the body is chiseled. He's got everything going for him, Anthony Yard. And it's a shame, because this, this fight here, if he wins this, then he completely shakes up the light heavyweight division. And it depends in the fashion he wins it, but I can only see a knockout win. I can't see him winning on points. So, if he gets a knockout and knocks Kovalev out in Russia, and he does it, and Tunde just says, told you so, then we're all going to be like, wow, this is crazy. And Anthony Yard is a guy that Frank Warren, you know, needs to promote a little bit better because, again, he's been on shows at the Brentwood Centre and he's not even selling out the arena. I mean, that's kind of embarrassing, really. Um, Anthony Yard, if he wins this, then boy, oh boy. I'd love to see him do it. I just can't go with, with, with it in the prediction league, which I take very serious. So I'm going to go with a Kovalev knockout, but I really, really, really more than ever hope I'm wrong here. The listeners have agreed with me. Um, it was a little bit split. We had a, we had a few votes, 40% going with Kovalev by knockout, 30% going with Kovalev on points, but 23% went with, with yard by knockout, only 7% going with yard on points. I just, uh, I just hope it's a great fight. And if Yard loses, I hope he puts up a great fight and earns a lot of respect because he he deserves a lot more respect than what he gets. And uh, he's a brilliant fighter. You've got to admire his confidence. You know, a lot of people said this fight's never going to happen. This fight's never going to happen. Do you seriously think he's going to go to Russia to fight to fight uh, Sergei Kovalev? A lot of people were saying you're crazy to even believe that. They're just buffoons. They're just toying around with social media, and they've proved everyone wrong. I even heard someone say the other week to me, oh, there's going to be a last-minute injury. Don't you worry about that. It's like, no. Why Why can't you just believe that that they're going to take the fight and they're going to actually get in the ring, which they are going to? And it's not long now to wait. Only two days. I am so excited for it. Honestly, I'd love to see him win. I'm, I'm blabbering on a little bit, but believe me, believe me, believe me. I'd love to see Anthony Yard become a world champion. What a, what a cool guy he really is. Uh, moving out now, though, to the Burt Ogden Arena. This is the final bill to mention. It's happening in Texas, USA. Not quite sure if it's being televised in the UK, but for the US listeners, it's on Fox Sports 1 over here, a PBC card. Um, no one really to mention on the undercard, apart from this one fight, actually. Stephen Fulton. I know he's a former sparring partner of Carl Frampton, I believe. He's 16-0. and He takes on fellow undefeated 16-0 and record holder Isaac Avalar. So both guys 16-0. and That's a 10-rounder there. And the main event, friend of the show, Brandon Figueroa, 19-0. and It's for his interim WBA World Super Bantamweight title. He takes on Javier Nicolas Chacon, who's 29-4 and with one draw obviously Brandon Figueroa having to see his his older brother lose his O a few weeks ago I'm hoping that that doesn't you know get in his mind or anything like that and he comes out and and fights really good because he does he does Brandon Figueroa very very aggressive fighter very very much a fan favorite he's got that kind of uh, eye-catching style he's a little bit like his brother but I just think he's got a little bit more power and um, he's big for the weight you know he's a, he's a great fighter Brandon Figueroa real exciting fighter and like I say his opponent Chacon not really a big power puncher that could be his undoing because 
the Figueroas, they love nothing more but to stand and have a have a fight, really, you know, throw away the boxing skills. Um, but Brandon's got a whole heap of potential, and I think he wins this one and wins it in good fashion, I'm hoping so. Um, just looking at Chacon's losses, he lost in 2017 to Isaac Dogbe. He retired on his store after six. He lost to our very own Jamie McDonnell after ten rounds. Uh, it was a ten-round TKO, but he actually dislocated his shoulder in the ninth. And he's been in there with a few other guys, Anselmo Marino. But yeah, no standout names in terms of his wins, really. So I'm hoping that Brandon Figueroa does it in good fashion. And um, Omar, his his biggest detractor, his brother, um, you know, keeps telling me every time he comes on the show that he needs to improve on this, needs to improve on that. And um, yeah, he's he's a guy that I feel is kind of learning and getting better fight by fight. So Brandon Figueroa, certainly, certainly, certainly one to not sleep on. Very good fighter. Thoroughly looking forward to this fight and the ones that come after it. But that is about everything for the preview part of the show. Just before we wrap up part two and finally end the show, the last thing to do is to welcome our second and final guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the undefeated welterweight prospect. It is, of course, Mr. Keith Hunter. Keith, welcome back on the show, my man. Hey, it's glad to be on the show again. No, it's, it's my pleasure, Keith. So we last spoke back in early April. It was just after your win over Rachmanov. Obviously, you've boxed the one time since. Uh, you boxed yet another Mayweather Promotions fighter some weeks back, Cameron Crail. Uh, you racked up another win. Talk us through the fight if you can, Keith. Yes, um... Man, it's my second time, you know, against the Mayweather establishment. And uh, this time going in, um, you know, it's a, it's a guy actually fought in the amateurs um, twice. We were one and one. I won once and he won once. And uh, so I actually know a lot about my enemy again going in. You know, again, he's, he's from Vegas. So I kind of had a lot of insight. I just didn't take it randomly, but um, it was my first ten rounders. Catching up to ten rounder, it was pretty good. Um, I knew he was a tough, durable, durable guy. And uh, again, I was going in Mayweather's backyard. He signed in Mayweather, so I really had to be on my A game. And this time, I had more time to actually prepare for this one. So um, I think this time they actually uh, showcase instead of showcasing um, also my heart and you know my willpower and all of that I showcase my skill and my talent this time you know like again I was prepared the whole ten rounds you know I controlled pretty much every round um, pretty much with my jab and um, you know I was able to open up with my right hand at times you know when I say opening because he was just trying to pretty much just, you know, be behind his guard and just cut me down and cut me off, so, to, you know, the ring off and everything. But I was able to stay on my feet, stay on my toes, and, and really use my jab, and uh, he wasn't able to really catch me. And um, he had his moment during the eighth round, I believe. And the eighth round, um, it was really kind of like, um, kept him trying to slow him down a little bit. And then my heart, I started trading with him because, I, me personally, I felt like he didn't have really a lot of uh, artillery. Um, he wasn't really hurting me. So, it was like, I, I had a moment of trading with him. So, they probably thought he got a better exchange. Um, after that, I controlled the next round. You know, I controlled it, finished it really strong. You know, I had him hurt um, during, you know, I believe it was nine or ten. I had him hurt, and uh, I closed it strong, and I, I only gave away really one round. And pretty much that's why I won it. And Keith, for some reason, you're sounding a little bit robotic on the sound. I don't know why. Okay, is it my voice? 
No, it's not your voice. <laughs> it must be your phone or something. <laughs> um, Sorry, I don't know. I'm not bad about that. No, it's okay. That sounds better. So, Keith, obviously you went you went 10 rounds for the first time, like you say. Um, how was that? How was that to do 10 for the first time? Did you? How did you feel kind of gas tank-wise? Good. Uh, yeah, I actually had a better camp, and um, I was in Big Bear as well for a portion of the camp. I, I was real prepared, actually, so... Um, I surprised myself actually because um, my work rate was really high. Okay, okay. And what is the plan next? I'm sure that you're looking to box at least one more time before the year's out. Well, yeah, I actually got to put my hand uh, in that fight a little bit. I fractured it, but um, I'm just trying to like let that properly heal. And I'm I'm pretty much going to be on the fast track. I just turned 27. I need a belt. I really in my mind. You know, I think I'm the greatest one forty right now. So I'm pretty much, you know, I'm I'm, I'm looking at Pedraza's trying to take a step up into the one forty from one thirty five, and uh, I'm looking at him as an introductory, uh, so I can actually start getting my name uh, really out there. I'm number thirteen right now by the WBA, but I'm actually trying to grab a belt, and I think Regis has it. There's a couple other people who have it, and it's actually vacant. You know, there's like three or four belts in the 140, but I want all of them and then the number one. <laughs> so that's my that's my ultimate goal as of right now. And I saw you in a picture the other day, Keith, with Shakur Stevenson. Did you guys do any rounds or was it just a workout together? What was it? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he, he was out here in camp and I'm a big supporter. And his friend actually... Um, Shout out to Keyshawn Davis. He's an amateur. I actually did rounds with this friend that you see in the picture. And, you know, they came down here. And, um, yeah, no, that's about it. You know, I support them. I was, like, kind of, you know, like my second time meeting them, really. Okay. And, of course, your your elder brother, your older brother, I should say, boxes September 13th in New York against Sergei Kuzmin. How did you see that one going, Keith? Yeah, that, that's correct. Um, I See it and will ultimately get in the W. Um, I believe he is going to get the stoppage as well, um, probably in the later rounds, because Kuzman is a very durable guy. This guy is more than durable. Um, he has he has a lot of rock, um, knockouts, too. So he, has, he, he carries power in both hands. So it's like... Um, my brother really has to showcase his boxing ability and actually has to stay away from his power. And um, it's actually going to be pretty interesting. I hope, that, um, like I said, I know my brother is going to get rid of this guy. I just hope that after he gets rid of this guy, it's going to put him in uh, a good position um, in the heavyweight ranks to be able to, you know, get at the, the, the Tyson Furies or the Joshua's or Deontay, whoever's out there. My brother, you know, he deserves that. Yeah, he certainly does. And when he signs to fight someone, do you, do you do a bit of like background work, a bit of homework to check out who they are? Do you get right into it? I mean, well, if you know yourself and you know the enemy, you need not fear the results of 100 battles. So you would not be doing um, your job if you did not do somewhat of your homework on your enemy as to see where he's weak and, and, and to see where he's strong. I like to play chess. <laughs> yeah. And Keith, do you ever do you ever get nervous watching him fight? How invested do you get when Mike's fighting? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, oh, not really, because he's more um, 
he's been more through he's had a lot of more battles than me, he's been more conditioned than me, he's been more battle tested. So, um a lot of the times I kinda already he's in the heavyweight world, so I do fear for that sometimes, but no, you know, he he handles himself pretty well. And I'm not we're never never really worried. And I want to clear one thing up because I've been referring to you as 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 a welterweight for a long time. It's it's one forty the, yeah. the the weight category that you're going for, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 Um. So so yeah, you, you mentioned there, Reeves. It's obviously the the division's really hot right now. I mean, it's, it has been for quite a while. It's looking yeah. like we could hopefully soon get one champion. Um. Obviously, I'm guessing you saw that Hooker Ramirez fight the other week. What did you make of that one? Man, um, it's funny because the Ramirez was on the Olympic team with my brother, and I knew Hooker from him being in the Mayweather's gym um, a while back, and I didn't know too much about Ramirez. So it, it kind of uh, let me know, again, about competition. You know, I'm more of a, a Hooker kind of style, and Ramirez, you know, is, is, is a, a bull and a dog. So... I was really impressed. That was a very good fight. I definitely want to shot um, at, at Ramirez. You know, he's, he's the renowned champ. That would be the ultimate test as well for, in that division, you know, despite Regis. And obviously with, with Ramirez beating Hooker, he's kind of shut him out now. There was a few people that said that Hooker's the best at 140, but not too many. Um, obviously now most people are saying it's it's between Ramirez, Pro Gray, and our very own Josh Taylor. Um, have you seen enough of all those guys to kind of tell me who you believe is the number one out of those three? Um, I can't say too much of Josh Taylor, um, but... Despite all of that, yeah, I mean, I used to be, I wasn't too surprised of Hooker. I was at, at, at a little bit, but I think, like, because he was the only tall guy comparing to all of those guys. You know, the, the, the other guys are a little short, and they, they use what they have, but, you know, sometimes the tall guys – well, I'm a tall guy, so it's like I was looking at him to see how well he was advancing and how well he was using his, you know, abilities and and, and height until he got shut out. So I, I think that Regis or uh, – that is a close call. Really, Ramirez. Um, I, it's Regis and Ramirez, I think, is the best one in, in the 140. Division as of right now. Okay, okay. Who has the belt? Yeah. Okay, interesting, yeah. interesting. And uh, just before I let you go, Keith, I just really want to throw the microphone over to you, kind of thing. Have you got any closing words just for our listeners before I let you go, my friend? No, nah, just keep, keep track, keep up with me. Bounty Hunter the third. Um, you know, we're, we're, I'm trying to not just be the greatest ever, you know, and have all the belts, but I'm trying to leave a real, real, real long-term legacy. And um, appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you. Well said, my friend. Again, for those that want to follow on Instagram, it is at Bounty Hunter the Third. Listen, Keith, it is always a pleasure catching up with you, my brother. We'll definitely speak soon, and please pass on my good luck wishes to Mike. I appreciate you. Thank you. Much better. I'll catch up with you soon. 
Okay, and this wraps up episode 201 of the Box R Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. The return of the Mac, Mr. Ayaz Sumra, is back. He's been with me for the duration of the show. A massive thank you to our two guests on this week's podcast, the top super middleweight contender, Mr. Dennis Duglin, and the top super lightweight contender, Mr. Keith Hunter. There has been one piece of news break while we've been recording the show, and that is that Gennady Golovkin and Eddie Hearn have now joined forces. Golovkin's first fight will be for the vacation middleweight IBF world title against Sergei Derevianchenko on October 5th at the MSG. That's going to be a brilliant fight. I'm really, really looking forward to that one. The Prediction League is back this week, so look out for that. Of course, just the one fight, Kovalev and Yard. Thank you all, though, for listening to this week's podcast. Remember to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend. Leave us a review on iTunes if you've got the time, and we shall see you all again next week.